We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. What is up, guys? Uh, another episode here on the RMP. I'm so excited to start doubling these every week. I've got a goal, and I want to hit that thing. And I hope you guys, I hope you guys can keep me on track. But I hope you guys are doing really well, taking care of yourselves mentally, physically, and questioning all of the things. Because I think it's it's very easy to get carried away with life. It's very easy to get carried away with what we're conditioned to know. And, you know, you have those small disruptions throughout the day, throughout the months, throughout the years that um, that that disturb you, right, about whether you're making the right calls, about whether you're living the way that you want to. The question is, are you answering them? Are you coming forward and doing something about them? And whatever comes up for you, just know that if you stop and pause long enough, you can start moving your trajectory if you think that it's off. You can give yourself the ability, the power, and sacrifice all the things that don't matter because you know what they are. You really do. We all know the things that are that are standing in our way and actually move in the direct the right direction. And I hope for you guys that you are living in a way that is very intentional and you're doing things that are for not just the sake of your happiness and your satisfaction but for the sake of your successful future, whatever that looks like to you. And I think that really does start off with our base, our foundation of good physical uh, physical habits, nutritional habits, um, mental habits, the things that, that really give us the cognitive ability, the physical ability, and uh, the, the wisdom to take life in the direction that we wanted to go, coupled with our discipline and all that good stuff. So... Hopefully you guys are in the gym. Hopefully you guys are eating some good foods, and hopefully you're reading some fucking books and opening your mind. I love you all. This is uh, gonna be episode where I dive in a little bit into my own perspective with things that I've read, and they are fairly controversial. But keep in mind that um, the best thing you could do is read these books yourself, especially in my opinion, if they feel abrasive to you, if they feel like they might be wrong, if they feel like you might hold grudges because of what they contain. Um, these authors are fantastic, in my opinion, because they're picking on something that they very well know is going to have a lot of backlash, is going to have a lot of resistance. And I think when we learn to accept what's on the other side of our own beliefs and our own opinions, then we can actually be far more wise and far more uh, influential and far more forward-moving than if we only stick to our extremes and we only stick to what we believe is true and what we, we believe is pure. So look into these for yourself. This here is is all about what I took in, and then I curated some content based around that. And I'm, 
around them. And I hope that you guys get some good, good content from this episode. I tried to put in a little bit of info to tease you and make you curious, um, but not so much that it ruins your possibilities of diving into the book yourself or ruining the context that um, the authors legitimately have in their writings. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. This is episode number 78, The Three Books to Prove Why You Shouldn't Pedestalize Anyone. All right, all right. Who else has spent most of their lives pedestalizing other people? You're a certain breed. When you think about it, most of the time as we're interacting with someone or about to interact with someone, we're judging them. We're making an assessment. We're taking into account their possible flaws, their characteristics, their potential for being dangerous, their potential for lying to us, their potential to like us or love us. And if you're anything like me, (laughs) then you're working up a conversation in your head simultaneously about why you should give them the benefit of the doubt. Because what you don't know about them could be better than you. What you do know about yourself, your flaws and your insecurities and your own pain, you bet they don't have it. They look so shiny from the outside, and you would only taint their image or mess up their trajectory if you were to incorporate yourself, right? So you stay quiet in front of your supervisor because he must know more than you. He's been there longer, he's had more experience, and and is above you in the hierarchy. So even though you're both humans, flawed humans I might add, you never actually express yourself either. You don't say anything that goes outside of work conversation, you never talk back, and you take whatever bullshit he says because he's your boss. You never approach the gorgeous woman because there's no way that She's that pretty and would even think about talking to you in the first place. She's probably got all of her shit together, and there's nothing she could gain from you. Even her smile makes you realize that she's perfect. She probably has a great career. She probably travels as a great dancer and probably highly emotionally intelligent, and you're just not. She probably has great goals and never messes up, and she probably has never even noticed you anyway. You'd just be in her way. So you never approach her because you already know everything about her. And she's too perfect. She's too much outside of your league. Fuck. You can't even talk to your best friend about anything that sucks. He's got everything. He's got a hot girlfriend, a really well-paying job, he has all the toys he wants, and he is constantly going on adventures. He's just the most secure dude that you've ever met. He's got so much confidence And he must never feel pain or struggle with his thoughts and his feelings the way that you do. What's wrong with every single one of these? They're all fucking wrong for one. Our assumptions are never directly correct. Not fully anyway. And two, I think this happens to all of us at some level. Comparison is part of the human condition. And this happens to those of us that had some stupid shit happen early on when we were shamed and guilted for being ourselves. So it proved that what we were was flawed and not fit for society or for other people. So we had a filter put in front of our eyes that said, everyone else has what I don't have. And we should make sure that we don't get in their way. 
And the best thing we could do is prove to ourselves that they are better than us so that we could stay comfortably within our conditioned misery that proves what the parent or teacher or shithead bully told us. The other hard part, most of us deep down know this is actually untrue. You know. But our neural pathways have been locked in, and it's harder than hell to have them out of it. But we're not talking psychology today. The ability to remove ourselves from being people pleasers, to gain confidence and see our own worth is a very long, very hard, but very worth it piece of self-development and growth. What I want to do today is to show you a few things that will tackle the beast from the other side. Once we can see that people are capable of evil, once we can see that other people try to be good and just and right and perfect and they still fuck up, it'll be a huge weight off your shoulders, almost instantly. And it potentially will take a huge chunk out of that new confidence you're working on right now. The truth, people are evil. They are fucked up, full of insecurity. They get embarrassed. They hide secrets. They manipulate. And they take advantage of the world and other people. And they actually do it still intending to be good people. We all do. On the smallest of scales, we influence others to get what we want. Affection, attention, validation, support, guidance... We all want to be loved and do well in success and know all of the things. And if we're not careful, we'll do it by being assholes. So to prove my point, which you definitely don't have to agree with, by the way, I want to tell you about these three books that made me realize that we shouldn't pedestalize anyone. And here's the caveat. I'm not being pessimistic or an asshole. I'm not saying to hate people, to doubt them, to not have heroes and role models. What I'm asking you to do is question why the fuck we think everyone is so much better than us. And when you see that they aren't, you might just gain some confidence. Push past your own expectations and start being damn courageous because you realize that everyone else is just like you. Some of us have realized it sooner than others and stopped giving a fuck and made shit work for them. So it's time to catch up. Here we go. Now... All three of these books have the potential for high controversy, but I fucking dare you to face them, to approach them with open minds, to allow yourself to think that they may just be onto something about human nature, and that humans act pretty fucking crazy. Do this, and the world of perfection will melt away. The first book is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And the biggest reason I bring this book up is because Robert doesn't just talk about these 48 laws of power, He recites the history of them. What we do as humans dates back hundreds of years. And no matter how much we try to perfect our time and create peace and remove corruption, it's part of the human condition. In war, in love, and in success, we will always be playing games with one another. And it's not evil. It's just the game. You want to hate something? Hate the player, not the game. Within the 48 Laws of Power lies these laws that prove our inability to be neutral. Challenge and overcoming adversity is part of us. We live for it. And all of these things lie in dealing with other humans. It's the reason we're here. And there are no rules when it comes to becoming the dominant species and winning the game. So some of Robert's included laws are laws like Law 3, conceal your intentions. Law 7, get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Law 11, Learn to keep others dependent on you. Law 15, crush your enemy totally. 
and Law 20. Do not commit to anyone. Do those laws sound fucked up? Do they sound fair? Well, what about these? Law 19, know who you're dealing with. Law 25, recreate yourself. Law 35, master the art of timing. Law 43, work on the hearts and minds of others. And Law 46, never appear to be perfect. Regardless of how these make you feel, what can you really know without the context? Just the same as approaching what we think is perfect or pure in people, people that we look up to, people that we idolize, how can you be so sure without knowing them, without knowing their story, their experience? What Robert Greene is trying to point out in the 48 Laws is there will always be power in the world, power gained and power lost. And to get anywhere in our world, you do have to use power, not for evil, not for malice or destruction, but to use power to get what you want, to gain what you desire, to gain ability, skill, love, success, influence. It all takes power. And here, he is not only telling you how to use it, he's telling you that it's a necessity and always has been, whether people have used it for good or for evil. It's your choice. But being powerless because you have a negative definition of power also means that you will never gain what you want. You will never live the life that you want to live and inevitably will have your destiny controlled by the world rather than you controlling it yourself. Humans have used power to make the world. Don't judge it so harshly. And don't expect the world to play nice just because someone told you that being sweet, avoiding conflict, and refraining from being powerful was the best way to live. Yeah. Book number two was probably the hardest one for me, actually, because it calls out female behavior, let's say potential behavior, that women use to get what they want. Yeah, yeah, I know you're thinking this is going to be sexist, but let me ask you this. Is it not also sexist to assume that men are the only ones capable of manipulation and destructive behavior? Only men can destroy? Only men can take advantage of women? This second book is called The Rational Male by Rolo Tomasi. At first, I had no idea what this book was about. I just thought it would teach me something about being a better man, but it did something entirely different. It allowed me to pull women off the fucking pedestal. It allowed me to stop seeing women as all-knowing, all-being, all-influential goddesses. After years of crushing my own heart for women, never standing up to them, making sure they were always right, blaming myself for failing their expectations, every time I had a woman in my life, I gave myself up for the sake of their affection, which is a huge, huge no. It's destructive to attraction, and I'll mention that later. But in this book, Rolla points out intergender dynamics and takes these concepts of behavior in both men and women and analyzes them. What he emphasizes, or at least from my reading, is that number one, there has been a major loss of masculinity. There has been a huge shift of men's character to embody submissive attitudes, glorifying the feminine to extremes, which is all in an attempt to get validation and affection, by the way, and how men have been convinced to be average and accommodating. This, this is not compromise. This is a submission of the masculine, submission of our inherent strength and ability and our self-made decisions to have vision and follow through with our life's mission. The truth is, my theoretical truth anyway, is that men have been shamed for what they were, 
in different times and with different standards. And in our newfound learnings, instead of redirecting how we express ourselves and how we show up on our masculinity, it's being dissolved. There's nothing wrong with feminism, unless it's trying to delete masculinity. Rollo speaks about why we're in the friend zones rather than being highly desirable as men. Why we are using buffers like digital communication and dating rather than in person approach that risks rejection. He goes over male and female sexual strategies and timelines, feminine idealization, and the expectations that women fall into under their gender in order to maintain mystery and idolization. He talks about beta males, AFCs, intergender friendships, long-distance relationships, and unplugging from the female matrix created by the individuals who use feminism as a weapon. Without destroying the definition of this book, let me at least tell you this. Men that place women on pedestals are doing themselves a huge disservice. It's a disservice to their authenticity and their power and their masculinity. Because with extreme feminism also comes with it highly feminine men and highly masculine women. Throwing everyone out of their balance. Even though we are all unique on our masculine and feminine energy scale, we do each other so much pain and suffering when we are conditioned outside of our authentic selves. By default. For the sake of control and the ability to tear down what hurt you or suppressed you. Look guys, women want men who are strong, driven, live with intention, who don't fold easily and have the power and skill to protect, serve, and fucking lead. Yes, we must also learn to be more open, vulnerable, understanding, compassionate, kind, but without our own masculinity, we force women into that space, asking them to be outside their own authenticity, exhausting them by being outside of their own balance. Resistance and challenge with the opposite sex is a sign of healthy understanding, not a sign of relational rebellion or mutiny. Rolo Tomasi has asked men to see that we have become detached from the foundation of who we are, and also that women are not perfect, and they are capable of deception and game-playing just as much as we are. Women are beautiful, compassionate, kind, emotionally intelligent, and they are our opposite. They need us as much as we need them. So don't ask them to be men. Be men yourselves. And last but very much not least, a book called The Descent of Man by Grayson Perry. This one did crazy things to my mind. Not only did it make me cringe at where masculinity has gone, but it also made me angry for what it has become. It took a while for that to dissipate. In The Descent of Man, Perry talks about the damaging part of masculinity. He speaks on the overly used primal attitudes used in a far less survivalist time. He speaks on male ego and the blatant attachment to stereotypes that cause harm to our ability to be compassionate and open-minded. Though I highly advocate for men and men's mental health, Facts really do tell us the truth. Rape, terrorism, crime, violence, oppression, abused power. Men lead the way in these things, as Perry mentions in his preface. One of the greatest quotes that I found in this book was this. Men are all performing for an invisible authority, the department of masculinity. And I think what he was trying to portray was that there is such an ingrained stereotype of masculinity that all men see it as God and look to become another angel in its army. And those are my words, not his, by the way. Though he does find many issues with masculinity today, and its warping expectations and characteristics, 
he definitely seems like an advocate of the masculine energy regardless. He does see that it is part of who we are and that it is still important to be masculine as men, but that men following the checklist by definition includes many things that are way the fuck off base and that we are playing roles that don't even feel right to us in so many ways. Then why is it that we are ignoring it? Why do we not change? Because we think we will be expelled from the world of men? That we will be left with no title and no way to continue our journey? That is the great lie. To turn away is to venture into the unknown with only an individual mind and body to carry you. And you'll discover far more about yourself and your true masculinity than submitting to someone else's standard of it. In the end of Perry's book, he summarizes things in a few words. And it goes like this. One aspect of a more pluralistic masculinity that old school men might struggle with is choice. Old school masculinity seems to offer none. As a guide, I would like to offer a few pointers. I have struggled to fit a future manifesto for men, but here it goes. Men's rights. The right to be vulnerable. The right to be weak. The right to be wrong. The right to be intuitive. The right to not know. The right to be uncertain the right to be flexible, and the right to not be shamed of any of these. I think what Grayson Perry is trying to get across the most is that old versions of masculinity are very rigid in the sense that they are suppressive, and suppressive in a way that leaves a very short list of what men are allowed to be, and dismisses the rights of expression, of emotions, and of authentic personality and character. Masculinity is a part of us, But no one entity, organization, or worldview gets to decide what it is and what it is not. One huge takeaway from Perry's book is that so many of us men are faking shit. So many of us men are afraid to be anything that looks weak or displays weakness among our peers and people that we love. So, why are we as men, or even as women, pedestalizing men in perfection? Is it because they don't show their weakness or insecurity that they actually have? Are their accomplishments so great that they are gods, that they can do no wrong? What has been releasing to myself, for me, for me, is that no matter who my role models and heroes are, they are also human. They have also made bad calls. They have also hurt other people. And in this, I no longer look to them as an impossible perfect that I can't contain. I can have empathy for them, and I can have a bond that is actually much stronger to them because they are no more than I am. They are not gods. They are only humans who do their best to be good in the world. What makes us great men is not our skills and our abilities and our inability to be broken. What makes us great men is our confidence, our ability to call ourselves out, our ability to call out injustice, our ability to be secure in being wrong and vocalizing and accepting our mistakes. Our resiliency isn't in never fucking up. It's in fucking up and not being wavered. And our power is not in how much we control and dictate and disguise ourselves as pure. Our power is in our ability to lead, to support and include others in our journey, and to be a version of the masculine that is fluid and authentic. The three books that I've described here are meant to provoke and possibly inspire us to think differently. Everything here is built on my own perspective and learnings from these books. These are my opinions that I've curated out of what I've read 
and the authors may very well have been discussing things very different from my own takeaway. But I'll let you find that out for yourself. I just brought it forward in order to provoke your minds and create your own version of authenticity. We should all know that the world is full of games and bullshit. It's full of insecurities and flaws and manipulation. And the truth? All that shit is kind of okay. You get to choose how you play the game. And you can use it to your advantage. The game is going to be played whether you choose to jump in or not. You don't have to use it for evil. You can use it for good. What do I suggest? Stop living by other people's standards and expectations. Stop being a chess piece and be the fucking player. Know that there is no one better than you. Only someone who has decided to take control of their lives and live the way that is true to them, regardless of people who tried to hold them back. They are just as human as you and me, and you can be your own version of success and power and influential character. So read some books, get some perspective, believe in yourself, and stop pedestalizing other people. Don't make excuses and get the fuck out there. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded, my beautifully flawed humans. We've got work to do. This is your host, Zach. Out. What up, humans? Are you a powerlifter too? Then why are we not friends? Actually, if you're any athlete, get yourself over here. I need some friends. As an athlete who has goals, I do my best to give my body what it needs to hit my powerlifting numbers. And a 500-pound deadlift is a formidable opponent. And cage muscle supplements are what I rely on to help me hit those goals. Cage Muscle is the cleanest and most effective product line I've ever used for supplementation, and I've been lifting forever. I never feel like my heart will implode and never feel like anything I take is doing absolutely nothing like so many other supplements out there. I train better, I recover better, and I sleep better due to the Caged Muscle products that I use. And to get where I want to go in fitness, Cage will always be my go-to. I don't want to sell you on cage muscle. I want you to feel the difference. I want you to feel cage muscle for yourself. So if you're looking for trying something new and very effective in your supplementation routine, make sure to get 15% off when you use my code HAMSTER15 at checkout. That's H-A-M-S-T-E-R-15 when you check out. Let's go hit some numbers, shall we? Hey, guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.